Welcome to Life Without Secrets. Do you often find yourself comparing your life to your friends on social media? You see the glamour, the success, the perfect family, the perfect kids, the awesome vacations. But what's really behind the highlight reel? In Life Without Secrets, we are going to dive deep and reveal the secrets, struggles, and strategies people have used in real life to get to who they are now and who they are becoming. Because the truth is, nobody is perfect, and you are never alone in what you're going through. So don't forget to subscribe to the show, because it's time to connect on a deeper level and grow together. If you or someone you know is looking to find the one, but tired of the endless cycle of being ghosted or gaslit in this modern dating world, then this episode is definitely for you. Today, we have a special guest, Dr. Christy Kadarian, also known as the Date Doctor. With her extensive professional experience as a professional matchmaker and relationship expert for eHarmony and things like Match.com, combined with her impressive academic achievements, she has a unique platform in the field of relationships. So sit back and get ready to learn from Dr. Christie's wealth of knowledge on how to create the life you love and find the love you truly deserve. Dr. Christie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on here with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jillian. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I'm so excited. Today I prepared by asking listeners and some of my friends what they wanted to know when it comes to navigating this whole modern dating scene. And so I'm so excited to get into some of these questions they had. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I want to start first because I'm curious. Is there something people can do for themselves? Like let's say they're either newly single or they're thinking about getting into the dating atmosphere. Is there something that is beneficial to do even per to prepare themselves before they jump into like apps and that kind of thing? What I usually recommend for people is to really reflect and not just go through the motions of dating, not just jump out of a relationship and into another relationship. Like you want to take that time to reflect and learn more about yourself. So usually like therapy is a really safe place to process um, with friends or in a support group or community because they can really give you feedback that maybe you aren't seeing yourself. Um, And obviously I work in that way with my clients, but if you have, you know, community that can give you feedback on, hey, it looks like you keep dating this sort of person um, and that's what we're seeing from the outside, people that you trust that you can really listen to their advice, that can be very valuable because sometimes we're just in our own process and in our own head and we don't actually see what we're tripping up on every time. And so we need that support and reflection, self-reflection from others so that we don't make those mistakes moving forward and we have um, a new lens and perspective and we're not just like trying to go from relationship to relationship because we're lonely. Right. Well, and I was thinking a lot of this probably does come down to loneliness. Do you feel like the dating dynamic has changed at all since COVID? Because I feel like, you know, from behind the screen, people were feeling lonely before. And then with COVID, it kind of isolated everything. Do you see any of that? Did that make a difference in the whole dating world? Yeah, I think during COVID, what happened was either people said, I'm going to keep dating virtually despite the circumstances, 
or they said, you know what, I'm just going to put dating on hold. And then they're coming back out of that COVID cloud well, and feeling like, oh, I lost a few years and now nothing's changed. And it's really confusing to me what sort of situation we're in with the dating world and modern dating. So we're either kind of jumping back into um, the apps and getting discouraged, or we're trying to meet people in person. But for years now, that hasn't really been um, a common way to meet people. So what we saw from a research perspective during COVID was that meeting through online dating apps became the number one way to meet somebody for a relationship. And that surpassed the previous number one way to meet people was meeting through friends. So um, we did see that spike in using dating apps, but there are there's still so much resistance to that because it feels lonely, isolating, kind of dehumanizing in that way. So people are trying to kind of navigate, okay, do I use the dating apps? And if I do, how do I use it to, but without that dehumanizing factor without that loneliness behind the screen piece. Would you say that it's still the most common thing to do nowadays is to go on the app to find love? Yeah. So I'll say that from a research um, perspective, the highest chance you have of having a relationship and finding a relationship is through using the dating apps. What I teach my clients is um, a combination. So I always say like, you don't want to close off any possible doors to finding love, right? So if you want to just open up all the possibilities, so you can be on a dating app and still use offline uh, methods to meet people, but you don't want to close off this whole potential place where you can meet people, but it's really learning how to use it to your advantage to actually meet people in person and not have all those negative things happen to you. So people kind of think, oh, I'll just download a dating app and figure it out, where the reality is there's a lot to know about it. It's a skill. And most of the time people get discouraged because they're using it incorrectly and they're not getting the result that they want from using the dating app. So is there ways to set up a dating profile for those listening that maybe are on the apps that can make them more successful at finding somebody that actually matches what they're looking for? From the get-go, you have to really make sure that you're on the right app for what you're looking for. And this takes some knowledge into, okay, what are the different apps? What are the different apps in my area and demographic that the type of person I'm looking for are using? Um, and we have, and I can give that to you uh, for your listeners in the show notes, but we have a quiz that's kind of discovering which dating app is right for you. And it combines both what you're looking for as well as your own personality and you know how you are in the world to give you kind of best recommendation. Um, so that's kind of where it starts. And then from that point, what I say when you're creating your profile is you want to um, basically think of your profile as a cover letter rather than a resume. So you want to think of, okay, I'm looking for this type of person. So when you're writing a cover letter to a job that you want, you're going to be very specific. You're going to see their you know, qualifications that they put on the job posting and say, okay, this is how I meet those specific things. Rather than if you send in a resume, it's just like, this is my whole life and it's just all over the place. So it's kind mm -hmm. of the same for dating apps. You want to think of, okay, what kind of person is my ideal person looking for? And I'm going to create a dating app that really highlights those things. So let's say like you really um, care about family or you have like a hobby or interest or a passion that's very important to you, or you have a specific faith background. You want to make sure your photos, your prompts, all of those things are really highlighting 
those things about you. So when someone sees your profile, they're like, oh my goodness, this is my type of person. Um, And a lot of times people don't put that kind of thought into it. We just think, oh, here's some cute pictures I took for Instagram and, you know, throw it out there and see what happens. But we have to be more strategic because there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of fish in the sea, as they say, and we want to make sure that we have the right bait, so to speak. What would you say, like, if it wasn't like, you know, the one everybody liked, like, what would be an example of a picture that would probably be, let's say somebody that's looking for something serious, they don't want to get caught up in hookup culture, you know, they're really wanting something more genuine. Is there something like what kind of picture would I throw on there? Yeah. So I primarily work with women. And what I usually say is that most of the time you're, if you're attracting people that are just looking for a casual hookup, it's because of the photos that you're posting. And I'm all for, you know, go to the club, wear what you want. Like, you know, there's no, (laughs) do what you want to do. But when you're thinking about your dating profile and you're wondering, why do I keep attracting these guys that are just commenting on my body or whatever? It could be because of the type of photos you're posting. And that's great that you went out with your friends, you went to a bachelor party. Amazing. may not want to put those photos on your profile because while they're not necessarily going to detract the right person, they're probably going to attract a lot of people that think like, oh, you know, she, they're just looking at you for your physical appearance. So um, a few things that I would recommend is thinking about, okay, what do I enjoy doing? Like maybe you really enjoy volunteering, for example. There's an organization that means a lot to you. Do you have a photo or can you take a photo at the next time you're, you know, helping build a home for Habitat for Humanity, for example? Um, are there, if you're, if you love traveling, is there a certain place that you love and you have a photo at that place that you can can spark some conversation. Maybe someone else has been there before. If you love spending time with family and friends, you know, maybe having um, at least like one photo with a few of your friends or family members. Although if they are kids and they're not your kids, I recommend not (laughs) putting them on (laughs) your profile. But it's really thinking more holistically rather than just like, oh, I look really cute in this photo, so I'm going to put it on the profile. A lot of my friends were asking like, okay, is there red flag specifically that might help them avoid matching with a dud, so to speak? <laughs> yeah. So a few of these include if they don't really have anything written on their profile and their photos are like a bunch of like random selfies or like it, you know, it just, you can kind of tell that they didn't really think this through. The likelihood that they're looking for something serious is very low. So you can kind of get that impression from people, Um, especially if you're like, you know, a woman that's dating and seeing that it's like, okay, they really put no thought into this. So what is the, what are the odds that they're really looking for something serious? Uh, The second thing I'll say that's a red flag that they're probably looking for something more casual is they're either in the messages or like they're liking your photos. They're only commenting on like physical appearance or they're calling you names like, oh, hey, beautiful, hey, sexy, whatever. It's like, okay, they're likely not trying to, um, you know, learn about your deepest uh, longings for a future family. Like they're just commenting about your physical appearance. So that's a sign if that happens multiple times that it it really has nothing. uh, They probably have are not interested in that long term relationship. Um, And then, yeah, there are certain things on their profile, like 
really negative, like a don't swipe if you're this kind of girl or, you know, that sort of thing, then likely those are some red flags to look for too. I've seen so many different types of profiles, but it's like, you know, don't swipe if you're a gold digger or don't swipe if you're this or that. And it's like, sure, they, they might be looking for someone like that, but that negativity probably tells you something about their personality or they're bashing their ex on their dating profile. Things like that are red flags that you want to look out for before you're swiping on somebody. Okay. And the other issue that I have heard a lot of from people that I've asked is that there's a lot of people on there that are talking to multiple people at once. Is this something that you do recommend? Like, how do you navigate this issue? Like, do you go on um, like multiple dates? Like if you have several people, how, how do you navigate that? Yeah. So usually what I'll recommend is that it's really quality over quantity. So I don't recommend that you're talking to more than like two or five people, two to five people at a time on the dating apps. And then only like one or two of those should make it past the messaging to get to an actual date. So I don't recommend just going randomly on dates where you haven't done enough research on the person as far as asking them the right questions. Um, they're engaging in conversation. Um, maybe you do a quick FaceTime. So I, I really recommend keeping those in-person dates to a minimum, like one, maybe two per week. And then at that point, you, you know, once you're back at the third, third to fifth date, it's probably only one person that you're dating or not. You don't really have time. Most people don't have time to date like multiple people at a time. But I think sometimes people get really overwhelmed because they think oh, I should just give everybody a chance. But that's one of the things that leads to that burnout is that you're swiping right on way too many people and no one's exciting you and they're not really meeting your main criteria. And then you don't know what to say. Should I go out with them? Should I not? You want to be pretty decisive and and sure that they meet your criteria and you're interested. So you want to be excited when you go on the first date. It sounds like this whole messaging area is really important. Is that true? In order to like make sure you want to go on that first date? I have a few methods that I teach my clients. One is like the five messages to meet um, method. And what that does basically is that you, through the messaging portion, you want to make sure that they meet your main criteria. So like, let's say your main criteria is like that they're the same faith background or that they, um, you know, have a certain level of education or they have a certain, you know, job or whatever. You want to make sure that either through someone's filters, maybe you could see where they went to school and then you swipe right. And then that's kind of your main criteria. Um, or, you know, if they have the faith background, they say that, but you want to make sure that they share the same values as you. So you're really only trying to ask one or two questions in the messaging portion enough to know, okay, they kind of pass that main criteria test and they know how to have a conversation. So that's another thing you're looking for in the messaging. You, know, when you ask a question, do they ask you one back? Um, are they saying like really off-putting things? Like I mentioned before, just complimenting your body or strange things like this. The messaging is where you really confirm those things. And then once they kind of pass that test, then you go on to the date. So you really do want to allow the messaging to bring out if this person is interested in a serious relationship, if they're going to follow through, all of those things, and if they meet your main criteria. Okay. And as far as like small talk, I, I think a lot of people are saying like, 
you know, when on a first day, like how do you get past this small talk? Is this something that we should probably be diving into in the messaging portion beforehand so that you know that you're going to have these deeper conversations or that they're willing to have these deeper conversations when you get to this first date? Yeah. So what I recommend is that through the filter on their profile and then the messages, you've kind of checked off all the boxes. So when you get on the first date, you don't want to be thinking, okay, how am I going to ask this guy if they want kids in the next five years? Or how am I going to figure out, you know, this thing? What you want to show up on the first date knowing is that, okay, they already do you want kids? They want a family, whatever. You kind of want to already know that generally. And the first day you want to keep more short and sweet and make it more of like a vibe check is what I say. Like that you you connect with them. You can have conversation. You don't want to dive too deep on the first date. You just want to see if there's that connection. Um, and d- is there enough there to want a second date? Are you curious enough about them? Because they've already met your criteria Now you're just more seeing if there's that connection and potential for chemistry and attraction, and then you're moving forward from there. And the reason that I say that is sometimes people go in with this long list of interview type questions to ask, and it really kills any potential chemistry. Let's say they answered all of those questions exactly how you wanted them to. Um, The date probably still didn't go well because it was just this like Q&A and you weren't able to just enjoy yourself and be present. So likely maybe they don't want to go on another date because because they didn't have a good time. And then you had all your boxes checked, but you don't have a second date. So a lot of the questions you have deeper and you know curiosity about, you will naturally find out, or it doesn't even matter if you don't have the chemistry. So you want to first establish that that's there. And then as you continue to get to know them deeper, you can bring out those questions as it, as it evolves. So we teach our clients what I call the 10 dates to soulmate roadmap. So a lot of those deeper questions, basically after the fifth date, you're kind of weaving those in because you've already established they meet my main criteria. We have chemistry. Now I'm going to get some a lot deeper information before I'm ready for an exclusive relationship. But all that d- deeper information doesn't matter if you don't have chemistry. That's a good point. Yeah. Because that was kind of going on to my next question was like, why do you think the second dates aren't happening? Yeah. Nine times out of 10, it's because you're going in with more of that investigative um, mindset rather than just allowing your true personality to shine and that true connection to form. Um, When I worked as a matchmaker, we would set our clients up with potential matches. And then part of it was after the date, we would get feedback from the first date from the person they went out with and from our client. And so often my female clients would get the feedback um, from their their the men that, oh, I don't think that she was really interested. And then I would go back to my female clients and be like, they didn't think you were interested. Um, and then she'll say, really? I was, in, I was definitely interested. But what happened was they were just asking so many questions that the other person kind of shut down or they were using the date to try to figure out, do I like this person or not? And that came in the way of the natural organic chemistry that hopefully evolved. And so they weren't getting asked on a second date. So I always say, keep you know your cards close and make sure that you have the opportunity to have a second date if you want it. If you're already kind of ruining the first date and then you think back and you're like, oh, maybe I did want a second date, but I was just nervous or whatever in my head on the, fir- on the first date, you don't want to not give yourself the chance to have a second date. So just go in with your feeling fully present, connecting with that person, and then think about if you want a second date after that, if they ask. 
Yeah, I love that. So is there let's go into like back into the hookup culture kind of situation. We've talked about like things on our profile not to have. Is there a way to like set your boundaries before or what's the best way to like figure out if they're more into that or if they're actually wanting to take you on a real date? Is there any way to know before you get there? One of the first ways to know is, again, what's like on their profile. So if it's just like photos or just really superficial prompts that they answered, maybe you want to swipe on them and that's fine. But then in the messages, they need to be asking deeper questions. So you don't want it to be they don't have anything deeper or signifying that they want a serious relationship on their profile. And they also don't ask me anything in the messages. You probably don't want to then transfer them to the date. So I always say it's kind of like a points system. You know, you need 10 points to get to the first date. If their profile is kind of like three points, they don't, you know, guys don't have the best photos and there's, it's just not that much there. Okay. Three points. But then I swiped anyway, because I kind of liked, they, they looked attractive and they met my main criteria. Okay. Now in the messages, they really need to like start asking me questions. They need to make up for that deficit and score seven points here so that they can go to the date. But if the profile is the three points and then in the messages, they're just like, hi, how are you? How was your day? They're not like asking deeper questions and wanting to know on a deeper level, then it's like, what I don't have enough here to get me to a first date. So, but if they have a profile that, you know, hits out of the park, maybe they don't have as, as much conversational skills over text or they're not going to texting. That's okay. But you have enough there to transfer you to that date. So you really want to think about it that way instead of thinking, oh, I'll just go on a date because they asked me. Your time's really valuable. And if you just keep going on these dates that don't go anywhere, you're going to get really discouraged, like I mentioned, and then give up on dating altogether. Right. And I don't know if you deal with this a lot, but for those who already have kids maybe and you know, went through a divorce, they have children in their home, it, it feels a lot more scary to go out into this dating world. Do you have any advice on how to navigate dating in that situation? Great question. Yeah, I work with a lot of um, women primarily that are single moms and trying to kind of navigate the dating scene. And so what I would recommend is first, you know, making sure that safety comes first. So that means, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, definitely don't put pictures of your kid or things like that. If you're kind of feeling that that nervousness is initially, you can say that, you know, I have a daughter or son or whatever at this age so that they know that you're a parent, but you don't necessarily have to put pictures with your kids. Or I know a lot of moms put like, if they have a picture of their kid that they want to put, they'll put like a little heart emoji or something over the, their child's face just for safety. Um, so that's a good place to start. The second thing that I'll say is, you know, make sure that you're um, not sharing information about like where you live, where your kid goes to school, things like that right off the bat before you've built that trust with somebody. Because again, there's like some of that fear that's involved. Usually, depending on the kid's age, I get the question a lot, like, when do I tell my child that I'm dating or when do I introduce somebody or that sort of thing. And I think it really just depends on their age and, and developmentally uh, kind of like where they're at. So if they're teenagers, it's going to be different. If they're like a kid, it's going to be totally different. So um, you can use your own judgment with that. But as far as introducing someone, um, I usually recommend that that doesn't happen until you're actually like in a relationship or close to being in a relationship um, with them because you just want to preserve that um, relationship 
if your kid's going to build that with them, you want to make sure that it's going to be in your life for a while um, at least. And then um, the last thing that I'll also say is that sometimes it's a lot easier to date someone who also has kids. So I usually recommend that you put that in your filters that they have kids as well, because they'll understand, you know, if you can't go on a date on a weeknight or, you know, certain things like that, there's that understanding there. So I usually recommend to start out that way um, and do a lot of this um, kind of method that I teach is really focused on spending a lot more time on the back end. So when you actually do have that time and you've scheduled the childcare or whatever to actually go on a date, it's going to be worth your while. It's not going to be like, wait, did I waste my time with this random person when I could have been with my kid or doing anything else. So you, your time's so valuable always, but especially if you're a parent. So you want to make sure you're doing that back end work before. So you're not just wasting your time. Yeah. That's such a good point and such a good thing to remember and with safety as well. I love that you're sharing that. So I'm curious, do you mind sharing your own love story? Cause I know you just had a baby. <laughs> my little son, he's four months old and my husband and I met. So we actually met as kids um, in vacation Bible school. I was five and he was 11. Um, and the way that we know that is because our moms met there. They have like a mom's group and the kids would go, um, you know, to the church part for kids. But we and we're from, you know, five minutes away from each other, same hometown. But we both kind of moved away and we didn't keep in touch. We didn't really know each other. And then um, when I moved back after my doctorate and he had moved back um, into our, you know, kind of town, he, I we actually met on a dating app on Bumble. Um, and I, I love sharing the story with my um, clients because we definitely probably cross paths like a million times. We live like so close by each other, but we never connected in that way. And the dating app really kind of allowed us to connect in that way, even though we had, they were kind of in the same sphere and circles and our families had known each other. So I think that's a great um, way to think about dating apps because it's not necessarily some random strangers that you could meet on there. It could be people that you might have met anyways, but you just never, you know, had that type of connection. So um, yeah, so that's how we met. And then uh, we got married right before the pandemic. Um, so a lot of our initial like newlywed time was just <laughs> ourselves in a little bubble, which is fun. But um, I love just kind of sharing my story because you never know how your, what your love story is going to look like. And sometimes people get very caught up in like, oh, okay, it's supposed to kind of look this certain way, or I don't want dating apps to be part of it, there's still feel some stigma around it or feel like it's not like natural or not the best way to do things. But like I said, just kind of being available um, to any kind of way to meet your person is what I always recommend. And you, you don't care afterwards <laughs> how you met <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so funny too that you bring that up because, you know, now that they have this messaging, I, I kind of equivalate it to when I met my husband, I actually met him. I, we were both on a trip and then he had asked for my number after we'd had these like pretty awesome conversations on this vacation. Um, and we were both leaving. He asked for my number and I kind of got scared and I was like, oh, I don't know. And so I, I gave him my email address. Right. And so we emailed back and forth for two weeks, but it was interesting because it really provided a, um, a safe space for us to get like deeper in conversation. And so 
like, I think that is a really good opportunity and a really good point that you're making. Cause even though you had known your husband now, you know, before you had that space in those messages, I'm assuming that kind of made you guys start asking some questions that you may not have asked, like seeing him at a coffee shop and saying hello, cause you already knew each other. That's exactly true. And I think that's one thing that we see with dating apps is that, um, or meeting in certain ways where you have, you know, the email connection is that you're able to um, assess if someone's a good fit for you before you have that emotional investment. Whereas you just meet at a coffee shop or at a bar or whatever, um, you have that connection first. And then maybe you're not asking the deeper questions that are really important to you, or you don't know certain things about them. So you start kind of overlooking or settling for things that you wouldn't have otherwise if you didn't initially you know, you weren't initially attracted to them. So that's why I think um, I don't recommend throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But I think however you meet the right person, you definitely want to make sure that you've asked those questions before you're just in this like emotional investment and you're feeling like you're already in a relationship because a lot of times you don't know if you're compatible yet, but you've already connected with them and don't want to give up that connection. But long term, that might not be the best thing. Well, and I was thinking too, like, you know, going back to the whole like after COVID stuff, you know, there was a lot of people feeling really lonely and isolated, right? And so are you attaching to that person because you're just lonely or are they actually compatible to you? Yeah, totally. I had we had so many clients and potential clients um, kind of going back to past relationships because it was like, oh, I have no, I can't really meet new people or I don't feel comfortable. So that's easy and familiar. So I'm just gonna kind of go back there, and that didn't work out most of the time. For this. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, I, I love, I love everything about this. Can you tell listeners about your the program that you do because I think it's it's really awesome to know that this kind of thing is out there for people that are wanting to find the one or love. Yeah. So uh, my program is the Find the One program. Um, we developed it as therapists and former professional matchmakers, we kind of saw this gap in that work versus, you know, hiring a matchmaker and just getting dates versus doing some deeper work as well and learning some of the strategy that we saw um, on the dating apps and the back end and wanting to teach that to people to kind of implement on their own. So the program really consists of the combination between like the soul work, the inner work, and the strategy. And I think you really need both when it comes to finding the right person. And I always say, you know, there are some things that you can control when you're finding the right person. So, and there's some things that you can't. The things that you can't control are the timing. You can't really control when that person's going to walk into your life. You also can't control chemistry. Those of us that have tried to be like, oh, this guy's so great. I wish I really liked him. And for some reason, it just doesn't click. Um, Those are things you can't really control. But there are things that you can control. And those things are doing your own work. So that's figuring out, and this is what we teach in the program, what's your attachment style? What are some like uh, wounds from past relationships or your childhood that you need to be aware of and work through? You know, what's your personality like? These things of like that awareness and working through those blocks, that's really in your power to work on and do that inner work. Um, And the second thing you can control is really your own effort. Like, what am I doing in my dating life? Um, How am I putting myself out there? How am I learning things to make sure that I'm not doing all the wrong things and attracting the wrong people? Um, So really focusing 
on what you can control is why we created this program because learning these things can then help you make sure that when the right person does walk into your life, when you do have that chemistry, you're not sabotaging it or you're not kind of doing your own part because you're not, you weren't ready or you didn't kind of look at yourself. So that's kind of what we teach in the program. We kind of, we teach like the inner work and then we teach the strategy. This is how dating apps work. This is how you really can meet people if you want to also try off the dating apps. And then this is how you kind of go from that first date to knowing someone is your person, how to identify any red flags or gaslighting or things that are a problem and how to ask certain questions throughout the process. So we kind of map out, okay, on this date, this is what you should ask. This is what you should know. This is the type of date you should go on, those sorts of things to make sure that when you do actually get in a relationship, it's with someone that you are confident is a healthy potential partner um, for you. Yeah. And it sounds like it actually, you're going to show up as your best version, right? Too. Like once you've done all this work and sometimes I think you are what you attract. So I love that you incorporate both of those. It's not just looking at like, who do you want to find? It's really asking yourself like, well, who are you and who, like, what are you after? And are you exhibiting those things in your own life? Exactly. Yep. It's so, so important. People overlook that pretty frequently. So we really try to kind of help you have that awareness. And then the program really provides like the accountability, that expert support and being able to see any potential blind spots and be like, okay, here's what we need to work on to make sure um, a lot of people, you know, and it's easy to say it's everyone else's fault. It's the apps. There's no one out there. It's where I live. It's whatever. That's always the easy thing. Uh, but what's hard is to look at yourself and say, okay, how could I potentially be contributing to the problem? I'm not saying that you're necessarily doing anything wrong, but you want to make sure that your side of the street, your piece of the puzzle are all put together. So then the when the other things come, you can actually build that relationship that you desire. That is so good. Now, and do you dive deeper too, like into childhood stuff that's going to come up? You do. So you go, you really dive deep into the person. Yeah. So a big part of our program is that we have um, like your therapist um, texting and voice message support. And then we have our like coaching um, calls. And so in that, we're really kind of diving deep into attachment primarily. And then also like childhood and how your parental relationships really kind of set the tone for who you're attracting and why, even if you had great parents, like there's some uh, dynamics that we teach of like, okay, this is kind of why you keep feeling attracted to this person and not this person. And then if you didn't kind of, this is why. Uh, So we go into a lot of that research and then we teach um, and go into the Enneagram and figuring out like for your personality and your desires, like this is kind of what we recommend. And from that point, then we say, this is your strategy. This is w- what we recommend, what dating app we recommend, what type of um, dates you should go on, all of that from knowing yourself. Because I really believe a lot of times we just try to do what everyone else is doing. Oh, my friend met over here, so I'm going to go here. But we're all really unique and we all only are looking for one person for um, you, your unique set of desires and your life. So we really try to align that with who you are. That is huge. I feel like that is like the best preparation anybody could have for getting on and being successful at this. This is so good. So I I am super excited. How can people connect with you and get more like guidance, find out more about your program, maybe even um, go be a part of the program? 
Yeah. Yeah. So you can um, check out our website, therapyfordating.com. And that's where we kind of have like all the information. Um, We also have our quiz and I'll give that um, link to you that you can take that kind of tells you which dating app is the right one for you. And then I hang out mostly on Instagram. So you can find me there, the date Dr. Christie, um, and, you know, get some free content there and, um, learn some new things too. <laughs> yeah, no, you have the most amazing Instagram, like, like be, and website and like, obviously your programs is going to be so amazing. I hope people really dive into that, but you also offer so much on your Instagram page that I feel like is so useful and everybody could learn something, even myself. Like I, you know, I've been married for a long time, but like, I actually find it useful just like in my own life. I don't think it's just for people, you know, that are dating. It's like, okay, I can apply that to having a better relationship with my spouse because I was one that didn't do the work before I dated. Um, and so my husband and I both carried our baggage and I will say, if you can, if you are in the dating realm, like if you can do something like this that Christy's talking about in her program, I think it is a hundred percent worth it because let me tell you, doing the work after you're in a relationship and married with children is what I and my, me and my husband had to do. And it is a lot harder and a lot on everybody in your family. So thank you. Yeah. And I think that's, it's so true. I always say, you know, relationships are hard enough, even if you've done the work, even if like they're all, they're going to be challenging. So you really want to make sure that you're um, doing what you can to set yourself up for success um, in your relationship, especially because um, you know, there was a study that came out that said relationships are the number one thing that affect your well-being. So like who you marry is the thing above any other factor that affected someone's well-being. So if you're you know, investing in all these other areas of your life, which are great, but you're not making sure that you're in a healthy relationship that could really sabotage like everything else that you're doing. So I think that um, sometimes people think about, you know, investing or doing work, they feel like, oh, you know, I've done it or like I've gone to therapy or I'm totally fine. But what you're not thinking about is like, okay, if I bring all my stuff and someone else has their stuff, like how do I make sure that we can navigate this and how to identify that there's someone that I can navigate these, um, these waters with, um, in the future too. Yeah. And it just starts the relationship off on a, on a better and more stable foundation when you know who you are from the beginning. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) So I love that. Well, I hope everybody has enjoyed learning from Dr. Christie's expertise. Um, I know I have, and remember finding the one is not a race. It's a journey. Take the time to reflect on your values, prioritize your goals and trust the process. Thank you, Dr. Christie, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much. All right, everybody go to her website and go check out her Instagram. And I hope you'll come on and subscribe for more inspiring conversations to help you live the life you deserve. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of life without secrets. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.